You're listening to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller on philliesnation.com. What's going on, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Phillies Nation podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Heller, coming at you. Um, the winter meetings right now, uh, it's been pretty, I want to say anticlimactic, but it doesn't even feel like there was a lot of buzz leading into them. It's been a really weird offseason, um, but we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, some Phillies things to talk about obviously dick allen passed a couple days ago um really sad and then um some other baseball stuff to touch on um as always i'm joined by my co-host ty Dobbert. ty yeah like you said we got that sad news on monday that dick allen had passed one of the best phillies of all time one of the most important philadelphia sports players of all time, I think that's probably the most important thing we'll be talking about in this episode, and so I, I think we should just get right into it with Dick Allen. So, yeah, um, you, you you mentioned it like he is he's one of the most important figures in in Philadelphia sports history. Um, obviously, as a African American athlete uh, in Philadelphia in the fifties and or I should say the sixties. Um, he was not treated well and, um, uh, you know, him not being in the hall of fame now, him, like, like the way he is looked back at now, it's, it's part of, because of all the stuff he had to deal with as a player. Um, and you had, you had a statement from, from one of his teammates that, um, you wanted to read and, and it's from, what is it from? You, you, you can. Yeah. So, it. so Mike Schmidt at. Dick Allen's number retirement ceremony, which happened just this past summer. He did, he did get to see that. He finally got to see his number retired by the Phillies. It was long overdue, but they did give him that honor. And Mike Schmidt was there, and he gave a, a really good quote that uh, I thought I should read. He said, Dick was a sensitive Black man who refused to be treated as a second-class citizen. He played in front of home fans that were products of that racist era, racist teammates, and different rules for whites and Blacks. Fans threw stuff at him, and thus Dick wore a batting helmet throughout the whole game. They yelled degrading racial slurs. They dumped trash in his front yard at his home. In general, he was tormented, and it came from all directions, and Dick rebelled. I thought that was that, that was really nice from Mike Schmidt then, and uh, it was something I thought of right away, and I made sure to put it in the story that I wrote for Phillies Nation after, after Allen's passing. I put, I put a, a portion of that quote in there. And I, I think it summarizes nicely all about Allen's career. Not only was he a great player, he was a really impactful player, and he was great despite all the things that he faced. And he was a real pioneer, being uh, one of the first black stars in Philadelphia. And uh, he kind of paved the path for a lot of players, and he, he was obviously an all-time great. He should be in the Hall of Fame like you mentioned. So yeah, RIP to Dick Allen. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I, I think you, you summed it up pretty well. Um, you know, obviously we talk about um, Jackie Robinson as like a lot, and obviously he was the pioneer for all of baseball and really all of, all of American sports. Um, but there are, there are other guys who um, maybe we don't talk about enough. I don't think we talk enough about uh, what Dick Allen did, what he had to go through um, and what, you know, his impact on, um, like you said, paving the way for future black athletes in, in Philadelphia and throughout sports. So 
um, like you said, RIP to Dick Allen. And I think, I think he's going to make the hall of fame. Um, yeah. It's just, year, it's just a shame that he won't be around to see it. It's obviously long overdue and it's a product of pretty unfair media coverage from back then. And who are the people voting for the hall of fame? Right. I mean, you can put two and two together there and, and see that it's a, an injustice that he hasn't been inducted already. Like he was incredible from right when he stepped on the field, his first full season in 1964, it outside of Mike Trout, it's one of the best rookie seasons of all time. And he was that good. He, he battled injuries throughout his career, but when, whenever he was on the field, he was a legitimate power threat. There's stories of him hitting, you know, 500 foot home runs at Connie Mack stadium. And obviously we weren't around to see that, but Hearing the stories of him, he was obviously a great player, and it's a long overdue honor. Yeah, definitely. Um, so moving into some some other stuff that happened this weekend. So it was kind of like a really weird, um, you know, course of, of events that happened on Sunday. Um, so first, it, there was a, a story from Buster Olney that said that the Phillies were um I think like listening to offers for Zach Wheeler um so obviously everyone knows the Phillies have been um you know claiming that they have to cut costs and all of that they've already laid off 17 percent of their staff um and uh, Gene Segura has been mentioned in trade talks I don't think anyone was really shocked by that uh I think it was pretty surprising to see that on Sunday morning so before we move into everything else that happened after what was your what was your initial reaction to seeing that um because it does seem like even everything that was based on everything that was said after like the Phillies were listening to offers for Wheeler and like what, what do you think about that yeah I mean hot take alert it's generally not a good idea to trade one of your better pitchers when you are probably going to need them again next year if you want to contend like if the if the team is set on contending you have to build around players like Zach Wheeler instead of trading them it's seems very obvious I know I know that is uh you know it might be a hot take like I said but yeah it's just not a good idea and it would uh, if it were to have happened it would obviously be to cut costs instead of trying to really add to the team and get ready to compete in 2021 but yeah i, I that's kind of all i have and yeah. then I mean, the things that happened after were a lot here's the thing more here's wild. the thing too about like trading zach wheeler um it's very true even on on a level for someone like gene segura but it's it's even it's it, it's it's even truer for a guy like wheeler like when guys are getting paid a lot of money, generally, even though even if they're really good, um, you're not gonna get a, a good return for them. You know, what do the Yankees get, or what do the Marlins get back for John Carlos Stanton? They didn't get not much a, of not a, not anything of significance, right? He's really good. I know he's battled injuries and all that, but he's a monster. Um, if the Phillies traded Zach Wheeler, they're not they're not like bringing back a haul. They're probably getting a couple mid tier prospects. And still paying a little bit of the money on that contract. Yeah, but the um, prospects isn't what a trade like that. Is I know, about. I know, but it's it's like I I think people people think of it as oh you know it's 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 no this isn't this isn't really like 
the Phillies thinking. This is just, I think, sometimes fans will see, oh, they're trading this guy. Maybe it's time to just tear it down and rebuild. Let's see what we can get for this guy. Let's see what we can get for that guy. Like, no. At this point, like, <laughs> you're invested in these players. It's time to try to win. Do you um, remember, like, do you remember the Cole Hamels trade? Like, sometimes when you trade a player for a Hall of Prospects, they don't pan out. And yeah. if you are set to try to contend, it's better to just have the player. Right. And, and here's the thing. Zach Wheeler was a Same free thing agent. with Cliff Lee. I tweeted about that. Right. Zach Wheeler was a free agent last year, right? Pre-pandemic, the Phillies offered him probably the second highest amount of money that he got offered. I know the White Sox gave him a higher offer. They already, he already pitched for a year. So that the, probably the most valuable year of the contract is gone. So like, wouldn't you think that the teams that didn't pay him then would it be like, I, I just think it's, it's crazy when people say, ah, let's see what we can get for him. And I know, I know like it's, it's to be, about- to be yeah. fair to that. I agree with you, but if he didn't sign so early last off season, if he, he would have gotten more, you're right. You're right. Jasper got like it, his contract looks like a, like an absolute bargain compared to right. like Steven Strasburg or a pitcher like that. That's true. That is true. However, the Phillies aren't the only team crying poor right now. So I do think it would be, um, you know, it would not be an exciting trade. It's not like when you trade a guy and you're, you're scrolling through Twitter trying to find the return, you know, what do we get? Yeah. I'm, but also at the same time, this, uh, this conversation is all for naught because yes, the, yeah, Phillies, right. the Phillies would not trade Zach Wheeler for Babe, Babe Ruth, Ruth, Mike Schmidt, Ted Williams. Like they, they wouldn't do it. I, that's what John Middleton said. He originally, he did a, uh, Andy McPhail and John Middleton both gave statements to Jim Salisbury of NBC sports, Philadelphia saying that it was untrue. The reports were untrue that they were not trying to trade Zach Wheeler. And then I believe it was two Buster only that Middleton gave yeah, that, it <laughs> that Babe Ruth quote. But then I think only backed up his story saying that he did hear from other executives that they had had some discussions about Zach Wheeler. So you can uh, take that as you will. But just dissecting the quote about Babe Ruth, um, like prime well, Babe Ruth. <laughs> Prime Babe Ruth, I would probably trade Zach Wheeler for straight up. Uh, it's it's just like, all right, here is here is all John Middleton had to come out and say. You know, uh, you know, obviously, uh, any team is l- pretty much willing to listen to offers on any player. Uh, we are not inclined to trade Zach Wheeler right now. We are happy we he's on the team. Like all you have to say is, we plan on keeping him moving forward. Like, they wouldn't trade the, him for Babe Ruth. Why come out and just say like the I, I don't I don't get that. Like what are you what are you talking about? <laughs> I made for a good quote. He is. I'll give him that. Oh yeah, I will give that to John Middleton. He's delivered some quotes over the years. He has delivered some quotes. Um, that's I, moving on. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like there are there are a couple things you can take away from this uh first of all the front office is either not on the same page as the as ownership or um Middleton just took the backlash from the fans because it was it was Twitter on on Sunday morning was pretty wild people were coming at the Phillies you know yeah I mean they're still upset the Phillies Twitter account posted a meme it was a picture of 
a gnome on Alec Bohm, like for the trend, like the elf on the shelf trend. And the fans just berated the Phillies Twitter account. Like people, people are not very yeah. happy right now. And I think it's understandable because there are expectations for a team when you sign Bryce Harper and you trade for JT Real Muto. And when it doesn't seem like you're doing all you can to compete and put the best team possible, your fans are not going to be happy. And are the social media interns responsible for is that? Graham, is Graham fully responsible for this? Apparently. No, but it is understandable that the fans would be voicing their displeasure in the most accessible way that they feel they can, I guess, which is the Phillies' official social yeah. media pages. Yeah, no, it's been it's been interesting. But, I mean, what, what do you think? How, how do you take that, ter- like, all of those events? Like, what does that mean for... You know, what was what was Middleton t- telling Rice? What was Rice telling other or Ned Rice, I should say, what what was Ned Rice telling other GMs? Like what how did that all go down? No, I mean, I think players all the time, like teams kick the tires on right. on players and maybe the Phillies. I don't even if Ned Rice didn't or whoever didn't talk to John Middleton and they were just like, Hey, we could have financial restrictions, we could be looking to get rid of some salary. What would you give us for Zach Wheeler? I don't think it means much of anything. Well, I mean, I, I do think it means that, like, what we can at least take away is that other teams they could are pretty be responsive. Will. Other teams are at least responsive to the the idea that the Philly the Phillies are pretty publicly saying that they're in some sort of financial duress. Like, I know the the only the only article said, um, you know, the Phillies are signaling to other teams across the league that they're something something along those lines but it's not it's not something they're just like subtly subtly like signaling to other teams it's pretty clear that they're they're trying to get that to the public too based on yeah yeah it does that that's a good point that at least with that only article it feels like other teams executives feel like the phillies could be ready to unload a lot of salary and they're ready to not try to spend money and and things like that so it's a good point which i Obviously, we if you've listened listen to this podcast in the last two months, you'd you'd know our stance on this that the Phillies will need to spend money if they want to. Com- they want to win. If they want to compete, they have to spend money. But it does not exactly seem like they're going to do that. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't have much to add to that. I think that can lead into our our next thing, though. Um... So within the last week, um, I think this has all been reported by Jason Stark of The Athletic. First, uh, Thad Levine, the general manager of the Minnesota Twins, who was considered to be a... It all happened in like within the span of two hours. It was last week that he was... Um, the Phillies were enamored by him, whatever. And then all of a sudden he was out of the running. Not He, it, he pulled himself out of the running. And then um, on Monday, I think, maybe yesterday, I think it might have been Tuesday, um, Josh Burns, who's with the Los Angeles Dodgers, it's, he's at, had at least one interview with the Phillies, um, seemed to be a pretty high out there candidate, also withdrew his name from consideration. Um, well, like, Do you think guys are kind of seeing what this situation is and – bowing out do you think they don't want to uproot in the middle of a pandemic like what's your do you have any takeaway here because i i mean we've talked I think about it a lot could be, the phillies no i think it could be a, a combination of things i think it could be a combination of things well 
Maybe like it's obviously tough to deal with a team that is not exactly young and it needs to be built around, but you have a lot of limitations seemingly on how you'd be able to do that. So that's, that's tough to build around right now. And if a high ranking official goes in for a president of baseball operations interview and they feel like they don't have enough to work with, maybe they turn it down. Maybe, maybe they also are just happy with where they are. They all, they come from good teams for the most part, the people that we've seen, um, you know, the twins, the Dodgers, good organizations that have won recently. I, maybe they're just happy with where they are. It's tough to tell now, especially because, uh, you know, I feel like if there were winter meetings, we in-person winter meetings, we'd have a better feel for these things, but it's a little bit tough to tell, but it could be a whole combination of things, like I said. Yeah, and I mean, I think just thinking now, like looking at the situations in which, um, you know, someone would want to want to enter a new job as a GM or president of baseball operations versus where they wouldn't. I think um, a situation where a team is, kind of like when, when Matt Klintak came to the Phillies, a team um, is entering, like clear, very clearly entering a rebuild. Or, you know, on the other hand, a team coming out of a rebuild, like maybe the Marlins you could take as an example of that. The Phillies aren't, it's not like the Phillies have much of a direction. So it's, you know, if you're taking the job as the GM of the Phillies and you're given financial limitations, but also still, you know, the team is trying to win. It's not like you can, you're, you're rebuilding. It's, it's hard to, not that, like you said, it's not, that might not be why uh, like Levine and Burns aren't taking the job, but I think it's, it's something to keep in mind. It's not, it doesn't seem like the most appealing job in the world because, you know, what do you do if you, if you come on board and you can't spend money um, and it's obviously not a team that's about to enter a rebuild. Yeah, I think if if there were no huge financial limitations and restrictions being uh, placed on the front office, the Phillies job would probably be maybe the most attractive in baseball at this point. Like the people talked about the Mets one, and I've seen this point made on Twitter. Uh, you're working under Sandy Alderson. Like it isn't exactly your show to run. And the Phillies, it seems like if they were to hire a president of baseball operations, then Andy McPhail would kind of uh, step out of the way a little bit and let that person handle all the big decisions. So I think if the if the Phillies were in a position right now where ownership was like, hey, here's your core and here are a lot of financial resources to work with, I think they could probably get somebody there pretty easily. but there's a lot of uncertainty with this team right now and that could be holding them back from getting a really good candidate. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and it's been <laughs> by, by multiple, um, I know, uh, Matt Gell, the athletic had an article this morning. Um, it was really good, but it, it talked about that, that like, and we've heard this from other, other, uh writers too like that they might just not hire anybody that's still a, a possibility um you know they're they're two more than two months removed from contact stepping down um haven't made any major league signings haven't made any um 
trades of any significance. It's the winter meetings. By this point last year, they had already signed Wheeler. Uh, they exactly they had almost signed Gregorius. I think that was like the twelfth. Um, by this point, two years ago, they had. I think they had probably already signed Andrew McCutcheon. Like this is the time of year when stuff happens. Like stuff happens now, um, and maybe it's a little different. Maybe a ton of guys are still going to be around a little bit later because other teams are taking it slow. But it's just been, um, you know, if you thought the team didn't have a direction after, like in October, like. I mean, look at them now. How more? How much more directionless could you be? Uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. Rule five draft coming up, though. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah. Who? Who's even? I know the Phillies have made some waiver claims. They have the rule five coming up. Like, who's making the final call on these? That. Well, that's yeah. Who is? And that's the thing. Um, like, if they're waiting, if they're waiting to to hire someone to make these move, like make any moves. I don't think that's like I I get that if you're gonna hire someone now, but it like I probably would have said the same thing a month ago. Like I get that if you're gonna hire someone now, but like if you're gonna enter the winter meetings without someone, like you need to just you know roll with Ned Rice, roll with what you have, and and hope for the best. Um, like I said, guys aren't getting signed as at like as quickly at a pace as usual around this time of year, but it's not still that happening. they not that they have been signed quickly at all over the right well that's years. that's true this is this isn't just because of the pandemic this has kind of been happening um in general but i um, mean and, and it's also interesting to see that it's just been certain teams you know signing players training for players and then other teams like the the angels the royals the braves am i missing anyone um i don't think so so i i, I don't know we'll the see red, we'll the reds see. have gotten rid of a lot right. of players and and the Mets signed um, what's his name, the reliever May. So um, Mets seem to former Mets, Phillies prospect Trevor May. I yeah, people forget that. I do think the next time we talk, um, the Mets will have made some sort of signing. There's been a lot of buzz with James McCann, George Springer. Um, so we'll see. Um, before we before we wrap up, I'm gonna give you a couple over under over unders here just. For the sake of you know how, how we think Let's the next it. couple months might go, all right. Over under January first, the Phillies' first major league signing or trade. Do they make it before or after? Uh, before. I think I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's already like the middle of December. If you now, if so you told know. me, yeah, I know. If you told me like. December 10th at the beginning of the off season, I would have said before, like, um, all right. All right. April. <laughs> no, I'll, whenever the, like the season starts, March, whatever, a new president of baseball operations or a new general manager is hired. Before I after. think I, after, I don't think they're going wow. to at this point. Wow. Do you think, do you think if, if they do you think they would go through the whole season and then, and then like resume the search after the year, or do you think they'd, uh, kind of keep searching for someone even mid-season. I think it would probably go in the next off-season. Um, all right, last last over on there just for the sake of baseball in general, because I, as I said, the off-season has been moving slowly. So over under, uh, we'll go we'll go March first for I'll call them the big three free agents we signed. So that's Trevor Bauer, JT Romuto, and George Springer. March first. Oh, it'll be after. 
You think so? Also, you could have called this before or after instead of I know, instead of over under. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think it's going to be after. I mean, Jake Arrieta didn't even get signed until like almost opening. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I mean, Harper, Bryce Harper, wasn't he February 28th? Yeah, and it became official on March 1st. Right. So, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think it could be after. I think I agree with all of that. It's, I mean, it is crazy to think that they aren't going to sign. Uh, anyone in a leadership position it's it's like it's also kind of wild to think that for the first time in like a while they're probably not going to sign any big free agents and now they could very well end up with Rio Muto but the reality over the past few years has been like pretty big off seasons for the Phillies which is cool to watch like that's that's fun to watch fun to cover and uh, it's easy to get excited about if you're a Phillies fan and this is just completely the opposite. Right. Yeah. It's, it's nothing, nothing seems to be happening. Um, it's been, it's been right late. Like you said, it was three straight off seasons of a lot happening. Um, like multiple big signings each, each year, pretty much. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we, we are going to wrap things up there. We'll talk to you guys next week. Maybe something will have happened. Maybe. Yeah. Listen, Listen, everyone, if you thought the baseball offseason was too slow in the past, just buckle (laughs) up. Buckle in. Here we go. We'll talk to you next week. You can listen to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller every Wednesday on philliesnation.com and all streaming services.